Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Big weekend on the radio station here. We have um, UConn St. John's. Our coverage begins at 1145 this morning, so we got about 40 or so minutes left here. Take it to that number one team in the nation playing at Madison Square Garden. Then we'll have Atlanta United Memphis with uh, Mike and Jason on the call preseason for Atlanta United. And a lot of high hopes for, for the Five Stripes this year. And then uh, Hawks and Golden State. I'll be uh, around with uh, Steve Holman tonight uh, as we uh, see the Hawks try to go for four wins in a row right before the trade deadline. <laughs> okay. A big win over KD and the Suns last night. I just remember as you watch the Hawks that Trey Young is not an all-star. God, man. Uh, that is such a uh, – I mean, that's like the, the, this, this NCAA Tennessee thing level joke. I mean, the, what, what the NCAA is filing against Tennessee is is, is utter joke. The fact that Trey Young is uh, not an all-star is an utter joke. But, you know, the NBA should do whatever the NBA does. If I'm in the – how is the NBA office not embarrassed by this? How are they not like, oh, my God, guys, you know, you know Trey is really kind of like an all-star. I mean, he's like kind of like a superstar. Uh, I, who doesn't want to see Trey Young? Isn't that what that – I was told – I, this is what I was told, is that the NBA All-Star Game is an exhibition. Is that, that's right, Eric, isn't it? It's an exhibition, correct? That is correct, sir. So for fun play only. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we want to see the best of the best, and we want to see the stars, right? It's an All-Star Game, correct? That's the tradition, yes, indeed. All right, so, and Trey Young is not, he's not an All-Star. You know, Trey Young comes to town every day, you know. Mm, not... In 2024, I guess that he, he was one in 2023, if I recall. I mean, no, he wasn't one in 2023. Actually. 22? 22? Yeah, maybe 22. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a t- total joke. You know, well, you know, Roddy Dangerfield once said, I get no respect
groups with the schools paying them or doing whatever. Do they have a compliance officer or anybody possibly doing a trust for the kids? Because when they have to pay taxes on this money, has anybody thought about that? Are the kids going to be like, well, they, I mean, I think I think what they yeah no I think most of what the the university guy there there's a compliance officer at every university but they're trying to comply with NCAA mandates and rules and and things of that nature right um, yeah. which the NIL is kind of outside the scope of that um, so I think what they do is that they they make sure under these uh, you know the consortiums that they set up. That that everybody has the right financial. They they're not just saying, "Hey, listen, go for it." They're making sure that your advisors are, you know, uh, you know, hey, listen, are you getting the right advice? Are you doing the right things? I think this is part of the reason here. But you hit on a really good point, Doug, where super conference can. And one of the great things about super conference isn't just kind of coalescing the best forty-eight teams and clarifying the playoffs and things of that nature. It's about setting the rules here. What, what, what are the rules that govern? The NCAA has totally lost control of the NIL, right? It's a wild west. Right. Now, John, the, let me ask you, ask so, you this. But, but let, um, me, let, me just, let, me, let me just finish that point, though, Doug, is that they can coalesce these rules, and one of the things they could do is they can set kind of new parameters in terms of you have to have, you know, we're going to go into a, uh, you know, a enter into like with Deloitte and Touche or with, uh, you know, TD Ameritrade or something like that. They're going to go into, you know, cahoots with somebody and say, we want you to uh, be part of this investment program and this advisory program uh, that will, you know, help handle your money. Okay. Um, They could do that. Well, what about this? Let's say that um, a college like Georgia has, like you say, one of these investment groups come in as a partner and, um, you know, they put a sign in the field for them as, you know, one of their groups that help the kids and whatever or whatnot. Also, that they become part of the semi-part of the administration where, you know, it's it's money, money, money that comes in and out. Well, yeah, I mean, all business, businesses are involved. Businesses are involved in – but businesses – getting paid, you know – you can't have an agent, but now that NIL is involved, can kids have agents while they're on campus? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, you can have representation. Yes, and, and right. so, um, yeah, yeah. No, right, exactly. I mean, you can have. Yeah, I mean, this is again. This is another reason, and I appreciate it, Doug. This is another reason. By the way, biz, big business has always been in the universities. There, they sponsor stuff in the universities. They're, they're all the places. Always happened. Uh, so that's nothing new. Um, but I mean. Look at all the sponsorships, okay? That's part of it. Uh, so, yeah, no, this is a part of why I think they want to they want to get a grip on this thing, this Wild West. This is That was the Saban lament, I'll call it, okay? The Nick Saban lament was the NIL was going to destroy Alabama, <coughs> uh, destroy college football because there was nothing to govern it, and the NCAA had lost track of it. And they, it was the Wild West, and they couldn't, they, they had no way to kind of corral this thing. So the only way to corral it was to have the people that were actually able to do it, and the only people able to actually do it are the leagues themselves because then they form Super Conference and they all sit down again at the Opryland Hotel in Nashville and they set out rules that govern the guidance of the NIL. 
and and say, okay, here are the rules involving the NIL. If you accept it, that's fine. If you don't, you can leave. I mean, you know, and, and the enforcement of those rules then isn't just up to the universities. Part of the money that they're going to be getting in, they'll create an enforcement arm. Understand, the NCAA does not have an enforcement arm, okay? it does, There's This is why you would hear things like, what SMU got in trouble for wasn't cheating. It was for something called lack of institutional control. And that's why you get into real trouble with a lack of institutional control. And what that means is you didn't police yourself because the NCAA relied on individual schools to police themselves. Lack of institutional, one school, control. You didn't police yourself. And you, didn't, you have to self-report under the NCAA guidelines, you, Georgia, you, Georgia Tech, you, Tennessee, you, everybody, has to self-report all the violations to the NCAA. You have to call up the NCAA, hey, uh, I just, uh, I robbed a store, okay? I mean, I did this wrong. You got to penalize me. That's what, that's how the, because the NCAA doesn't have people that can go out there and, like, watch all these athletes do all this stuff. And, and that's something that has to change, too, because then there's a lack of self-reporting. There's lack of institutional control everywhere. But it, but, but it happens because the NCAA rules were so arcane. Does anybody remember a hamburger gate at, at like Georgia? I mean, you couldn't buy a recruit a hamburger. I mean, it was, it was from, yeah, if you buy him a hamburger, you know, you know, you could buy him a Wendy's single. Okay. A, but not a double and Big Mac. Oh, Big Mac out. Big, uh, oh no, no. Chick-fil-A way out, especially on Sunday. They're closed. Oh, good. Good. They're closed. Good. You didn't. Okay. Good. I just, oh my God. This is why we need to get some clarity here. And the only way to get clarity is for these schools to break away and form Super Conference, which, what do you know, they're going to do. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, John. Thanks for taking my call. I um, just wanted to talk real quick about ranking the SEC coaches after Kirby Smart. Um, I'm really stuck at number two between Brian Kelly and, and Kiffin. Um, I can't put Sark there just by default because he hasn't played a full year in the SEC yet, so I want to wait to see what mm -hmm. him and, and Venerables does. Um, yeah, I'm really – I got I got Lane and, and, and Brian kind of tied because I know Lane, he uses the transfer portal way more than Kelly does, and I feel like he's able to do more with less because he's almost like he's got a new roster every single year. But uh, – one guy to me you really got to be looking out for is uh, in Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz. He's he's on the rise. And I want to get your opinion on him. Oh no, no, Eli did a great job at Appalachian, and and you know what was so funny, in a way, was that you know before last season, there were people saying Eli Drinkwitz uh, a hot seat, hot hot seat. He was going to be out, and then what does he do? He he turns around and wins eleven games. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, has three of the most effective, uh, you know, quarterback, uh, maybe the most effective quarterback, running back, wide receiver combo in the entire SEC. You know, and so, uh, you know, I mean, look, he's done a great job. Eli's done a great job. Uh, so you can make a case, yeah, because I think he's done a little bit more with less than you would have had at LSU or at, or at, uh, at even Ole Miss uh, there at Missouri. So, uh, yeah, no, I, you can make a case. I think you can make a case for a lot of guys. That's, that's, that's what I think makes it an interesting question. And uh, one last question for you. How quickly do you think it'll take – like, I don't think Texas will take any time to adjust to the SEC. How long do you think it takes Oklahoma? Because I know when we got Texas A&M and Missouri and Texas A&M, you know, got a, got adjusted pretty quick, but it seemed like it took Missouri a while. Do you, you think uh, Oklahoma adjusts pretty quickly? 
Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I think so. I, I don't know. I mean, they their defense uh, under uh, under Venables was far improved last year. Uh, so I, I think they're shifting away from, you know, the the kind of Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, uh, teams where they had, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, high high potency offenses, and more into a you know kind of a team that's going to be a little bit more defensive oriented. And their defense was vastly improved last year. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. I, you know, Texas A and M may have. I, I, I mean, can you argue that Missouri actually kind of acclimated faster? I mean, Texas A and M has not achieved. Believe it or not, they haven't achieved what Missouri's achieved. Missouri's been in the SEC championship twice. I don't think A and M has, right? I don't think so. Yeah, good Missouri's point. been in You're the right. you know right. Missouri's been in the SEC title game twice. Uh, so um, and then they won eleven last year. I think you can make an argument that Missouri's achieved more in the SEC than A and M has, which is a, an indictment of A and M. You know, uh, to a great <laughs> yeah. degree. So I, no, I appreciate the call. Yeah, 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 no, I appreciate it. It would be really interesting to see what Mike Elko does going back to A&M with the success that he had at Duke uh, to see if he can finally get it right at A&M. But boy, he's going back at a time. It's like the worst possible timing, okay? The worst possible timing is that here comes Texas and Oklahoma into the league. Now, again, how long are they going to be in the league? That's up to debate. Because if Super Conference happens, I'm telling you, okay, this is what – this is what's going to happen. And when, when we talk about the Big Ten Commissioner, Tony Petiti, again, in his final in the final point of the story in ESPN, we, the SEC and Big Ten, recognize the similarity in our conferences and in our circumstances, as well as the urgency to address the common challenges we face. The urgency. Could this, you know, I, that urgency says two years max. And we're going to go from the 34 teams in the ACC and uh, the SEC and Big Ten to maybe inviting 14 more teams, including teams like Florida State, Miami, to a 48-team league that will then split into six eight-team divisions. Follow me, right? And Georgia and Texas will no longer be in the same division, but it'll be something like the AFC and NFC meeting together in Nashville between these two leagues. All right, and then we'll have divisions underneath them. So that'll be the structure. Quick break as we continue here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yeah, it's going to be a big uh, weekend, big three days on the radio station, big three, four days. Always is on the game. So today, we're going to take you another uh, 25 minutes or so to Madison Square Garden for UConn and number one team in the nation against uh, St. John's. Back in the 80s, St. John's was a Chris Mullen, they were powerhouse team, right? Uh, Final Four kind of team. They haven't been much since then, um, but they changed their name. Uh, they, they the, they were the Red Men. They're the Red Hawks or the Red Storm. Uh, it's funny that I don't know. Uh, anyway, they changed their nickname because you know they couldn't be the Red Men anymore. You know, sort of like Redskins, I guess. Um, and so uh, against the UConn Huskies, and then we'll take you from there to coverage with Mike and Jason of Atlanta United and Memphis preseason for the Five Stripes and see if they can build on that 2-1 win over Birmingham. And from there, we'll take you to the Hawks and Golden State with Steve Holman. I'll be doing a pre- and post-game for the Hawks tonight. 7 o'clock is the uh, airtime for the Hawks and Golden State tonight in the pregame show as we get ready. Hawks going for win number four in a row. Big win last night, 129-120 over KD and the Suns. Can they make it four straight at home and beat the Warriors? A little bit of payback for happen about uh, two weeks ago out there in Golden State, and to see if they can continue to rise in the standings here ahead of the trade deadline. You know, the Hawks are finally uh, healthy, and they're finally starting to play like the Hawks, which is good, I guess. But we've seen this before where they won three in a row, 
And they lost four in a row, now they won three in a row, and so hard to tell with the Atlanta Hawks. Well, hopefully we get a, a big win tonight, and that will propel them on. Uh, you know, they're above the they're, – they're in the playoffs right now, okay? They're in the playoffs. You know, Golden State is not, and the, and the Hawks are at the moment. So uh, we'll see. I mean, they're in the play-in, I grant you, but they're still in. Tomorrow I'll be on 10-2, to 2 and we're going to get into a little bit of the Hawks tomorrow. We'll react to what happens against Golden State. A lot of questions about the Falcons tomorrow we'll get into. And a, a point as we uh, count down now to spring training, because did you know that we are less than a week away, I think six days away, from the first pitchers and catchers reporting? Six days from now, the first pitchers and catchers this coming Friday, uh, first pitchers and catchers uh, report down in uh, down in spring training. So, you know, here comes baseball uh, knocking on the door. So we got a lot to get into tomorrow. We'll do that 10 to 2. Monday on the radio station, this is why I'm saying it's big, big time here, so you know, kind of keep up with us here. Monday we have a 2 o'clock news conference, introductory news conference from Flowery Branch uh, with head coach Raheem Morris and the Falcons Brass. We'll carry that live right here at 2 o'clock on Monday. Then uh, Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot will join DMB at 440 on Monday. So and in reaction to all of that as we go out through Monday, Tuesday, and throughout the rest of the week. We might as well. It's a, it's a Saturday morning. Let's, let's welcome in good old Mel. Mel, what is up? You know what, John? I'm sitting here and listening to you. When you came on this morning, you you you, you 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 were talking about the Hawks one foot a little while, then your favorite topic, college football. Yeah. You know, you've been asking for all these changes. Yep. You know, I got paid when I when I played when I played uh, uh, football. You know, it ain't nothing new. And then you talk about all these super conferences, this and super this and super that. You know that 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 uh, um, that's other sports in college and and college. It's other sports too. Did you like you talk about this uh so-called St. John's and all this college basketball? You know, starting now. And you know what? That's one. You know, one thing about this college basketball. I, I don't see you know, I don't see nothing. How about whatever number one team? You know when they get go to the pros, that really old men still playing ball in, in, in the pros, like like Levon, he getting close to forty. You know, like the other tell D uh, AD, he getting close to forty. That's why they they these forty year old professionals in, in, in the pros still playing bad basketball, man. Because I don't it ain't nothing coming out of college, what for nothing. And I, you know what? And back to your favorite topic, college football. It's all about the money, man. I'm done. I'm done my you know, if they can get get eight or fourteen like they do in, in basketball, to be the same way in in college football. And I told you last time we talked. The only reason they're changing all this stuff because they they, they tired of Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. I think the I think the college the college club from, from Clemson is the best, the second best. So think about it. Uh, are you are you, are you babysitting, it, Mel, 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 Mel? Are you babysitting? I got to go, John. Oh, okay. I'll hit me tomorrow. I don't know if he was babysitting grandkids. 
Mimosas? Would, would you drink mimosas if you were babysitting the grandkids? Uh, I, I might. I don't really like mimosas. I like. You I might like need a mimosa if you're babysitting grandkids. Bloody Marys. I'm more of a Bloody Mary it, guy. It, any of those might need it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you might, you might, you might have one. All right, that was a little bit uh, scatter shot. <laughs> we never know what Mel man's like rolling dice. Come on, seven. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I just, I, I don't know how to answer that. So I'll just, I'll, I'll just stick with what I got. Yes, I. He's right. Ch- I, again, change has always happened. Uh, it's kind of what I tried to walk, uh, if you're just joining us, walk you through. Change has always happened. The Missouri Valley Conference, which still exists, by the way, in a totally different form than when it was first, you know, existed back uh, 90, 100 years ago. Uh, and the Missouri Valley Conference became the Big Six Conference, became added a team, became the Big Seven Conference, added a team, became the Big Eight Conference, added four teams, became the Big 12 Conference, which then dropped a couple of teams, was the Big 12 with 10, has added four back. They're now the Big 12 with 14. And this change always happens. Georgia Tech was in the ACC. They became an independent. They went into the Metro Conference. You don't even remember the Metro Conference. I do. But you don't probably remember the Metro Conference. Uh, Florida State, South Carolina, Tulane. Uh, who else was in that league? I, geez. Uh, Louisville, Cincinnati. Other, other team. It was Memphis, maybe. Uh, I, I can't remember. It's the late 70s is what we're talking about. <clears throat> Back in the days when uh, Stan Morrison was coach and had uh, Sammy Drummer and Tico Brown. I saw Sammy Drummer play um, Juco ball out at DeKalb uh, College. Anyway, um, that's Sound, another Sammy Drummer and Tico Brown sounds like somebody's cover band. Yeah, well, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both, both could play. I mean, Sammy could play. Oh, Sammy Drummer could play. So Tico Brown could play too. I mean, they, and then you got Brooks Steppy in there. There was another DeKalb College junior guy. He went to DeKalb Central. I think Sammy went to DeKalb South. Uh, and so, and then Lee goes to spit on Ralph Sampson and Stan Morrison was out and they hired Bobby Kremitz. And that's kind of the way it worked. Okay. And then the rest was history. Uh, so, um, but George Tech was uh, in the SEC, became an independent, went into the Metro, I think became an independent again for a year, maybe, and then joined the ACC. Change always happens. Let's not forget the ACC for a long time was just tobacco road. And then George Tech joined. And then here comes... You know, think about the teams the ACC has added. Uh, Syracuse, Boston College, Louisville, Florida State, Miami. I mean, all – then they lost Maryland, right? Maryland left. And so, I mean, change always happens. And it's always going to continue to happen. The Big Ten was 10 teams. Then it became 11. Then it became 12. Now it's uh, 14, and then now it's 18. And now the Big Ten and the SEC are finally going to meet, and they're going to say enough of this. Enough of this arms race here. Let's join forces – we have 34 teams, and so Petiti, Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, and uh, and uh, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, send out a, a note, uh, and they're going to agree to a meet, and they're going to figure this out. And when they figure it out and the meeting's going to happen, again, there, there are two things that are, that are notable in the, in the release here. The first paragraph and the last paragraph. I'm going to read them to you again if you're just joining us. This is the release from yesterday. The Big Ten and SEC have formed a joint advisory group of university presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors to, quote, address the significant challenges facing college athletics and how to improve the student-athlete experience. This advisory group isn't like a bunch of guys sitting around talking about theory of something. This advisory group is to lay out the, the foundation of the fundamentals of a merger, okay, because that's what they're going to be doing. How do we merge our league, your league, into one? 
Final paragraph here is a, uh, this is quoting um, Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten. By the way, I think Greg Sankey will be the commissioner of the, of the new College Football Alliance, whatever they're going to call it. <clears throat> Petiti will, he's brand new, and Sankey's SEC. So Sankey will be the guy. But Petiti said this. He said, quote, the Big Ten and SEC have substantial investment in the NCAA, which they do for every other sport except for football, and they're not leaving the NCAA for basketball or wrestling or anything else. They're not. They're just they're going to leave the NCAA for football. The Big Ten and SEC have substantial investment in the NCAA. There is no question that the voices of our two conferences are integral to governance and other reform efforts. Well, yeah, they're not just integral. They are. You, the two conferences run the show. Petiti then said the, the, the most important line in all of this, this release. It's the final line. He said, we, SEC and Big Ten, recognize the similarity in our circumstances. In other words, what we're doing now ain't working as well as the urgency to address the common challenges we face. Urgency is the word you need to circle. Urgency. They're going to meet. They're going to meet soon, maybe next week. Urgency. This is not an advisory committee. This is a merger committee. How do we merge the SEC and the Big Ten? And urgency says to me, two years max, and maybe just one. Because all they have to do is sit down and agree – Okay, we have 34 teams. How many teams do we want to be? And when they form this super conference, whatever they're going to call it, League One, College Football Alliance, Pro Football Light, whatever they call it, they're going to say, we are no longer under, in in football, we are no longer under the uh, governance of the NCAA. We, as the College Football Alliance, are going to form our own alliance that will negotiate all things in the alliance. All the new television deals will rip up all the television deals we have. And in doing so, they'll make even more money. And then, $100 million a year, pff, that'll be nothing. It'll be $150 million a year. And then, because uh, we'll bring ESPN into the fold of the uh, of the Big Ten, the Big Ten currently has uh, ABC, uh, pardon me, uh, CBS, NBC, Fox, FS1, CBS Sports Network, Peacock, Big Ten Network, you know, Big Ten Plus, I mean, they have, what, eight or nine or ten television networks. And now you'll bring all the ESPN family into it, and we'll say, okay, everybody gets to bid on everything, and, and everybody will be happy. They'll run everything. They'll run the regular season, the scholarship limits, the practice schedules, the recruiting, uh, all, all of it. They'll, they'll make up the rules, including governing the NIL. So I think this is a very, very, very needed thing. And when they do, they go to 48 or 56 teams. They'll break into divisions. We won't have to have USC and UCLA in a division with Rutgers and Maryland. They'll split into, you know, 18 or 17 divisions. And then they'll set up a playoff based on those divisions. And you won't have to worry about, you know, there's an a, a, you know, a Big Ten game between uh, Washington and uh, Penn State. That won't happen, okay? They won't be in the same division anymore. And this, because this is only going to last, this whole thing now of Oklahoma, Texas, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington, probably only going to last two years max. May only last a year. And then they'll all get together. And, and the Big Ten, by the way, you can keep names. So if there's an eight team division that Georgia and Florida and Tennessee and South Carolina and Clemson and, you know, whoever else, Florida State and Alabama and Auburn or whatever, whatever that eight team division is, you could call that the SEC. And you could bring back, if you've got Texas and Oklahoma and Missouri and Arkansas and A&M and LSU, you could call that the Southwest Conference. You could call Indiana and Purdue and Michigan and Michigan State and Notre Dame and Ohio State and all the Big Ten. You could go back to the Big Eight 
You could call the divisions the old school names. There's the Big 8, the Big 10, the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-8. You know, I mean, you could call them all, you know, these old names. And so you'd have, but they'd just be divisions under one umbrella. You follow that? that? That's where we're headed with this. And it can't happen soon enough, in my opinion. And so it'll be really fascinating to see what happens here, what they come up with, you know, because all they have to do, all, all the Big Ten and SEC have to do is come to a, a basic patchwork agreement, a framework agreement, shake hands, stand up in front of the cameras and say, we're out. We're going to go to 48 teams and invite 14 more. And then the scramble begins. That's why Georgia Tech needs to be on the phone with, because you don't want to be left out because then you're going to be, you're going to be like in the glorified FCS. Anyway, <sighs> I'm just trying to tell you, this is so fascinating to me. Think, college football is about to change. And by the way, this may not affect college basketball at all. Don't, don't get it twisted here. It's not like they would, hey, okay, we're going to have a 48-team football league, and yes, the, the, the playoffs will only be these 48 teams. There's nobody from, there's no group of five coming in here, which would force Notre Dame's hand to join. There's no, if Duke and Wake Forest get left out, which is probably likely, I'll just use those two as an example, if Wake Forest goes, you know, 13-0 and and wins whatever the ACC is, it's not like the, the whatever the College Football Alliance is going to say, hey, yeah, you guys down there in Winston-Salem, come on in. No, no, you're in your own playoff, dude. Good luck to you. Good luck playing, you know, like James Madison in the first round. That's you. You go play Liberty. No, this is for the big boys. And it's only going to be for football. Okay? So the ACC, as constructed now, can continue in every other sport. Men's basketball, Wake Forest and, and Florida State will still be in the same league. Women's basketball, baseball, soccer, golf, tennis, whatever. I mean, they, 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 it just won't be – they'll lose teams going into the Super Conference of football. And they'll still have some teams because the Super Conference is not going to invite Boston College. They're not going to invite Syracuse. They're not going to invite Duke. They're not going to invite Wake Forest. You know, so they're just not. And those schools have to kind of brace for that because that's what's going to happen. So um, unless they were to go to 64 teams, which they could, by the way, they could go to 64 teams – I would be surprised if they did that many, only because it dilutes television money too much. If you follow that. Sorry, darn cold. Anyway, uh, and and the two the two triggers to all this, this Tennessee lawsuit, which everybody just, oh my God. I mean, they were already the trigger. They were already going to do it. But this Tennessee lawsuit, which is, is so outrageous. And I, I feel for all the Tennessee fans out there. Well, I, I don't really feel for them. They're going to win the lawsuit. But they got to break away from the NCAA. This thing is just, it's, it's ridiculous beyond belief. And the ACC's gripping on with both hands here to the grant of rights. They know they're not going to win. All right, one, one, uh, one final call here. Uh, let's get to, uh, who, who's on the professor? A professor. Hey, John, good morning. Morning. Hey, I was going to call, man, about two things I want to talk to you about, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, your time at DeKalb College, and I want to talk to you about Georgia Tech, too, since you mentioned it. Hey, you know that team in 1975 at DeKalb South, you know, they won the junior national championship that year. Roger Couch was the coach over there. Yeah, and, yeah, right, uh, the Sammy Drummer team? Yeah, Alton Strauman. Yeah, Mike Dickerson, too. That's what I was going to tell you yep. about, too. He was drafted by the number one player in Georgia, and when they started talking about great players, don't forget about him, drafted by the Hawks. And went on. He didn't make it, but he was, he on, he was on that team. 
And I'm going to tell you a story about that one day. <laughs> I mean, how I was touched by that, too. And another thing I want to tell you about, too, about Georgia Tech, man. Uh, you know, I, I, you that close with you. How did uh, all this Georgia talk just take over the town? I remember back when we were going to the freshman game at Grant Field every year back when David Sims and Rayfield Wright was playing for Georgia. Man, Georgia won the championship recently, but Georgia Tech was the last team in Georgia to win the championship in 91 up on the Ross. And we didn't even yeah, well, I, 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 Right. Here, here's what happened, Professor. I got, I, I got to end the show here because we got to get to the basketball game. What happened was Bobby Kremens left the basketball program, even though I know Paul Hewitt took Jared Jack to the championship game. Georgia Tech stopped winning, and you know Paul Johnson did the best he could, and I think he did some good things, and Georgia started winning, and so it's just it's a winning thing. If Georgia suddenly started going two and nine or two and ten again, which they won't, but and Georgia Tech was winning national champions, winners get talked about, losers don't. That's kind of what happened here, in a way. Though Georgia Tech's had a great great history, and man, I like Georgia Tech. I, I know you Georgia fans are like, you, 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 I I got a dog in the hunt down here. I used to I. I like it's all it's all good to me. You guys, you guys go in the corner and fight, okay? You get, you know, you slime guys into stanchions, okay? All right, I, I, I'm just back here, kind of watching what's going on. Anyway, uh, don't get left out, Georgia Tech. That's all I got to say. All right, I'll talk to you ten to two tomorrow. Actually, I talk to you tonight, uh, seven o'clock. Hawks and Golden State on Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game. Thank you, Eric Slaughter. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.